Welcome to C3 Belconnen. We hope you enjoy our latest Sunday message. We've been talking uh, lately at church about the idea of first things first. And uh, as we head into this, this season, as we start off, really the year in earnest as life fires up. We want to go on a journey together um, and growing spiritually. And and James, there's a few ways we're going to do that over the next little while that we're going to talk about. But some of the key thoughts already um, have been about seeking first the kingdom of God, right? That's right, yeah. Out of Matthew... Matthew Matthew 6, 33. Nice. (laughs) Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah, absolutely. Seek all the things and add Jesus later. That's right. Yeah. Not just add water, just add Jesus. That's right. Yeah. Um, we talked about Psalm 1, also yeah. about desire uh, yeah. in our hearts. What, is yeah. that, I don't know, what does that mean for you, your desiring God? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Psalm 1 also talks about delighting in the mm-hmm. Lord and delighting in His Word and, yeah. and all those things. And I think that's probably what it means for me. It's, it's um, growing in, in God in a way that we, we end up delighting in and spending time in His Word and spending time in His presence. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's not necessarily like any relationship. It grows over time. Yep. It's not something that just kind of happens. So it takes intentional effort sometimes. But, sure does. Um, yeah, I love it. Delight. Yeah, mm. and, and so this, I think there's a real powerful key that mm. people could miss in what you just shared there. And it's that we don't always start at the point of delight or desire. Right. And I think that's an yeah. issue for us so often is we yeah. think, when I feel it, then I'll do it. Yeah. And we spend the rest of our lives waiting to feel it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we can actually build and grow yeah. that relationship. So an yeah. element of discipline and decision helps us grow in desire and yeah. delight. Absolutely. Like going to the gym, yeah. good eating habits, those kind of things, right? Yeah. Starts with steps. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another analogy you can use is marriage. I mean, when I first, I know there's a few newlyweds kicking about church in the moment, but that first kind of dating period where you're kind of you're excited about the relationship you've got infatuation yep. with your spouse um, but there's a time where you where that kind of dies off a little bit and you've got to, you've got to kind of push through those moments it's a little bit like that um, you know with our relationship with God you know we you know yeah. God wants to show off when we first give our life to him and, yeah. and I've heard so many testimonies of that but yeah. over time he wants to kind of the tables a bit and call us into, call us into deeper relationship. Yeah, 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 that's right. And yeah. um, nothing mm. personal. Kind of. I'm sure you guys are. <laughs> I love you, babe. Yeah. You guys are great. <laughs> so, hey, we want to do a journey together yeah, as we're absolutely. talking about first. And mm. that's so we've started the year yeah. with it. I really feel it's going to be our, our overarching theme for the year. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is seeking first, is putting God first. So over the next 21 days, we're going to yeah. look at a range of ways to grow deeper in our faith together yep. we often start the year with prayer and fasting and we'll, we'll do that and we want you to be praying all week we'll be um, encouraging that through social media and on yep. sundays and all sorts of different ways so let's kickstart our prayer life in a fresh and a new way Absolutely. but we also want to lead us into other elements of spiritual disciplines and practice and yeah. we want to start with a week of of going deeper in the word absolutely yeah and we love you to do that together. So we're just going to get super practical. 
James, how are we gonna do this? So, I know there's a whole bunch of you that might have already on your phone or your computer the Uversion Bible app, and we're gonna use that uh, to, with all its uh, amazing features mm. to study the Word uh, together. So we're gonna start a reading plan as a church, yep. uh, focusing on seeking first God's kingdom. Uh, we're gonna post a link up on social media. Um, more information will come out about that in the coming yeah. days. Um, and you can click on that link and you can join in and you, you can study together, you can mm. comment uh, each day, you can encourage each other. And we're gonna do that as a church, uh, but also you can do it as a connect group yes. as well. Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. So really the encouragement yeah. is find someone to read the Bible with. Absolutely, yeah. I actually, I'm mm. sure there are people and you've never read the Bible with somebody else. And in fact, yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's not the most common thing. We might yeah. think of our personal devotional life and some of us are, uh, can just be rock solid on that, but I yeah. think there's such a richness to incorporating reading the Bible with others. It's a bit absolutely. like having a gym buddy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Someone to keep you accountable, to yeah. motivate you, to add some variety. Someone yeah. who sees things from a different perspective. Absolutely, And yeah. so it'll it'll be a plan, you know, mm. something like this. I mean, if you yeah. get on your device and when you start reading, you can invite friends. And yep. so what we'll do, we'll have a, a link that you can just join in like a church one, but a yep. lot of you might want to read in groups. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yep. Or like your connect groups. Uh, maybe yep. you just want to, uh, maybe you want to do it in your family. Yep. Devotionals yeah, each day. Absolutely. Uh, you might have a prayer partner or you might want to make one. Find somebody you want to pray yep. with and read the Bible with. Do something different. Right? Absolutely. Start something new. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I loved your gym analogy before. I make it a point if I'm training with someone uh, such as you, Pastor Nick. I always train with someone who, who is stronger than me or is more more advanced than me and, and you know that's maybe I'm flattering you oh, a little yeah, bit definitely. but um, amazing. Um, yeah totally yeah totally <laughs> but um, but that encouraged me it spurs me on totally. um, to do it with someone yeah uh, and for them to to kind of pull me out of mm. you know those habits or whatever that I get yeah. into it, yeah you know so I'm looking looking for excited for yeah. the, the season ahead and yeah. next 21 days next totally. week reading the word together, it's gonna to be going to be a fruitful time. Absolutely, yeah. get a fresh perspective. Definitely. Uh, yeah. You know, we can sit here and read the same passage and get different things out of it. Mm. God can speak to me, speak yeah. to you. We can share and grow together. Yeah. So, hey, let's find a way to do this. Let's go on this journey as a church. We're gonna start Definitely. with a one week focus. Yes. Uh, and then from, mm. you know, next Sunday in yeah. church and online, we'll, we'll be talking about uh, yeah. other things we'll be doing like praying Definitely. and fasting and worshiping together, but also, yeah kicking off uh, another reading plan. So we want to yep. bed these habits down Absolutely. so yep. that they remain uh, yeah. in our lives. Do you just want to maybe pray for us, James, yep. that this would just settle in our hearts and this would be a year of growing in the Word like no other? Yeah, absolutely. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that as we set this time aside in this uh, next few weeks, Lord, uh, uh, Lord, that you remind us of who you are. Lord, that you would help us by your spirit to seek first your kingdom yeah. and your righteousness and uh, all these other things uh, that the word says will be added to us, Lord. Lord, help us to see, help us to encourage one another, help us to, uh, to understand your word, mighty God. Uh, and Lord, I just pray blessing and favor um, and Lord, just um, longevity in this next season as well, Father God, Lord, that you would Help us to push through those barriers. Help us to push aside all those distractions, yeah. mighty God. Help us yes, to Lord. focus in on, on who you are and, and remind us, Lord, that you're Lord of our lives, Lord. Yeah. Help us to put you first in all that we do. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, James. You know, I'm looking forward to just adding a few extra thoughts to this idea of 
seeking God first. And really, I, I'd love you to go back over the last couple of weeks and, and think more about it and just let it settle in as well. And just a reminder, we've looked at Psalm 1 that talks about delighting in God, about desiring the things that matter to God, about just soaking and, and focusing on His Word. We've talked also uh, about that, that core verse in Matthew 6.33 that we should seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. And we want to find ways of encouraging one another and stirring one another up in this regard. And just let's, let's make this a year about putting God first. Let's make these next 21 days absolutely incredible as we grow together, as we give and serve and pray and fast and worship and seek God. Let's make it a time of refreshing, a real time of personal and, and corporate revival for us uh, as a church. Let's go on this incredible journey together. And I just want to recap a few thoughts and, and add a little bit more out of, out of Matthew's gospel for us about this idea of seeking God first. And last week we transitioned and, and talked about what it meant to actually talk about at Jesus as Lord of our lives. That there was a pivotal moment for Peter as he knew Jesus as a teacher and acknowledged him as someone influential and worth listening to, but then had this revelation of Jesus as Lord of his life. That is a, a powerful and a foundational revelation for each and every one of us. Not just, I like having you around Jesus, but you are Lord. You know, at its very core, that word, that concept means that I understand your place and my place. I understand that, that, that I am a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory, God. I am, there's nothing I can do to make myself right with you. But Jesus, I want to seek your righteousness. I acknowledge you as Lord. That means... That, that, that separation in some ways is one of the most powerful things we can ever understand. If we feel like Jesus is an addition to our life, just to polish things up a little better, we are missing all of His power, His power for salvation and His power to lead us and grow us more and more like Himself. Because what we're, we're, we're saying is, I'm pretty close and, and you're just a little ahead of me, God. We've got to understand, I'm so far off the mark, but Jesus is so holy and so righteous that he is the one who can save. I'm in need of a savior and I have a savior, one who is over, above, in all and through all. That's what it means that Jesus is Lord. He has the power to save, not just to coach or to help you out. He can pull you out of the place that you are, of the, where all of us are, sinners who have fallen short of God's glory. And he can transform our lives as we put our trust and our faith in him. So this declaration of Jesus as Lord of our lives is so foundational for our spiritual life. It's so foundational for our growth in God. And, and, and if we look back to Matthew 6, 33, where Jesus talks about seeking first the kingdom, it's in the context of all these other things that, that can worry us and occupy our attention. And, and Jesus doesn't say, hey, you're wrong to think about those things. He just says, don't, don't put them first. Put me first. And then I understand and I'll help you take care of the, the things of life. We just get that order out of whack so easily. And then if we read on a little further in the next couple of chapters that are still largely in red, this is the flowing of Jesus's, uh, his Sermon on the Mount, his description of the upside down nature of the kingdom of God, his invitation into discipleship, into some call apprenticeship with Jesus, hanging around, finding out, learning and growing uh, with him. I mean, Matthew chapter 7, it, it continues to be, you know, all in red. And it's Jesus talking about a bunch of other things, about 
powerful, effective prayer that just continues and doesn't give up. Uh, it's where we find what's, what's often called the, the golden rule, do unto others as you would like them uh, to do to you. This is the essence of all that's taught in the law and the prophets, Jesus says. He talks about the, the challenge that narrow is the way uh, into the kingdom of God and a whole bunch of other, other foundational teachings for us. And then in verse 21 to 23, there's something quite challenging. And, and Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who will, event, who will do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And he goes on to say, some will come and say, Lord, we did all these things in your, your name. And what? A, but, but he'll say, I did not know you. What a, what a challenging passage this is. There is a real tendency in our lives to acknowledge Jesus with, with our mouth, but not live actually like, like we are subject to his lordship. That we can say and do things on the outside, but our heart is not given fully over to Him. There are, there are things fighting for our attention. If our choice is to seek first the kingdom, there are other things fighting to be our first. And it's easier to live a life that, that sort of acknowledges God from a distance, but it doesn't allow His transforming work uh, in us and through us. You know, from this passage, uh, Jesus, from that, that verse there, Jesus goes straight on in, in verse 24 and and, and talks about building on a solid foundation, a story that you might have, might have heard at some point if you've been around church a little while, about the difference between building a house on rock and a house on sand, one that has a firm foundation, about building our lives on Jesus. Again, Jesus as Lord is not just adding Him to our life and keeping our weak foundations we've built, but renovating, digging deep down and saying, Lord, you're, you're, you're at the foundation of my world. Everything is built on you. And so Jesus is challenging people. He's challenging the religious people and saying, you might, you might acknowledge God with your mouth, but your hearts aren't turned over to Him. There's no evidence that your life is. You haven't been this wise person building your life on, on His foundations. You, you haven't made those right choices uh, to walk out in obedience, not just say things with your mouth. And then there's a fascinating transition. It says that, that as Jesus came down off the mountainside in chapter 8 of Matthew's gospel, that the crowds followed Him. And, and so he's talked to all these people, some of who are religious people, some of whom are, are those growing group of disciples around him who are fascinated by the teachings of, of this wandering rabbi. And they're, they're chasing, okay, what is this kingdom he's talking about? He's laid out some big challenges for the way that people live and carry themselves uh, as those who, who fear God and, and starting to call people to this life of apprenticeship to himself, Jesus. And so he goes down off the, off the mountain. And what's the first thing that happened is unexpected people have these encounters with Jesus now all of a sudden. And so Jesus is coming down off the mountain. People might be starting to be intrigued by him as a teacher and as a religious leader. The crazy thing is the next two encounters that he has are, are with people who would have been frowned upon and looked down on by those religious leaders. And yet Jesus does incredible miracles in their world. And the, you know what the key is? In both cases, they acknowledged him as Lord. They understood and recognized his authority. It says that there is a, was a, a man with leprosy who approached him and knelt before him. And what does this man say? Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You can heal me. And Jesus reaches out to him, touches him. Sacrilege, you don't do this. You are now unclean, Jesus. Jesus reaches out, touches this man and says, I am willing. What a cool statement is that I am willing, be healed. 
This man comes before Jesus purely and simply and says, Lord, I know you have the power to heal me if you're willing. And Jesus says, acknowledges in a sense without even having to say it. I, I do have the power to heal and I am willing. Touches this man and he is healed. You know what the next encounter is? It gets even crazier. The next person to encounter Jesus is a Roman officer, a symbol of of the you know a focal point of the hatred of the the Jewish peoples and a symbol of the oppressive regime that was crushing them and breaking their spirits and this man comes to Jesus and says my servant is in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain Jesus what's going on you're talking about the kingdom there's this picture building of what it means to be a follower of Jesus a someone with true religion and then a, a, an outcast a leper and an oppressor a roman centurion come an officer of the army come before you, Jesus. How, how is this? These aren't the people you're supposed to be here for. And this, this guy ends up being described as someone of great faith. What is, what's the first word that he says to Jesus? Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed. This man understood authority. Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. Verse 8, but the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this. Because I'm under the authority of my superior office. And I've given, I have authority over my offices. I only need to say go and they go. Or come and they come. I say this to them and they do this and they do it. Jesus said, he was amazed. He said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. It goes on and finishes up in verse 13 saying to the Roman officer, Go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that very same hour. This man came, not knowing Jesus as a religious man, but he understood the authority on his life because he was a man who knew authority. And he said, Lord, Lord, at your word, you can heal. Lord, I, there, there is sickness, there is disease. My servant is, is dying, but I know you, can, you have the power to heal and I acknowledge your lordship. All you have to do is speak and I believe in faith. Jesus commended this man as someone of, of great faith and his servant was healed. And I just want to encourage us again to, to not box God in. Don't just add God like seasoning to your life. Don't just seek all these other things first and then squeeze a little bit of God in. Let's live as if Jesus was Lord. Not just acknowledging with our mouth, but living our heart's desires directed towards him obediently walking out his word and his ways in our life. Let's come to Jesus as Lord, believing that he is powerful, believing that he heals, believing that he provides, believing that he brings peace and hope and salvation, eternal life, because he is Lord. This is going to be transformative in our lives, transformative in our church, in your home, as we continue on this journey together. And we just want to uh, take a, a moment to encourage you a little bit more about how we're going to continue on this journey together. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.